0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Big Mark Podcast. This is me your host Big Mark. If it's your first time watching, welcome. If not, welcome back. Like I always say, if you ever want to reach out to us, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. You can donate to our Patreon. I always like to say, you know, share the podcast to your friends if you can. But again, thank you so much for for joining us tonight. Um, I really appreciate all you for taking your time to hang out, loyal listeners or new ones. But again, thank you so much for joining. I'm excited about today's episode. I just uh, saw the movie last week now or a little bit longer, I think now at this point, but still fresh in the mind because it's a story that kind of stuck with me. Since the first time I heard it, uh, the movie's *The Iron Claw*. If you haven't seen it yet, it came into the, it's a 2023 biographical sports thriller, which I thought was an interesting um, genre choice. Um, but again, it's an A24 picture, so you know they kind of tend towards that style. But again, I think a perfect, you know, telling of this story. That if you're not familiar with the Von Erich story, you're not familiar with professional wrestling. You know, check out my last pod, one of my last podcasts, or sorry, one of my previous podcasts, I should say, about uh, pro wrestling and kind of the world there. But we'll we'll go into some things if if you don't know. But if you do know, and hopefully you do, and that's why you're joining us and watching this episode, or you've seen the movie. But either way, you know the story now. But again, there's a little bit more to, you know, this story than just professional wrestling. That's for sure. Um, the Iron Claw was written and directed by Sean Durkin. Uh, he's actually a Canadian kid. He did uh, Martha, Martha Mary, Martha Mercy May, Marlene, Elizabeth Olsen's first feature film, and then The Nest, which has Julee in it. And I haven't seen those movies, but um, they're highly lauded. But again, this is this is you know, I think only his third major motion picture. Uh, and again, it's based on the life of Kevin Von Eric and the Von Eric family, um, starring Zac Efron as Kevin Von Eric, Jeremy Allen White as Carrie Von Eric, Harris Dickinson as David Von Eric, Stanley Simmons as Mike Von Eric, Holt uh, Holt. McAllenay. McC- no, that's... uh Oh, I can't even read my own writing. H- H- Holt McCauley. McCauley, I think. As Fritz Von Erich. Holt McCauley is such a fucking cowboy name. Maria Tierney as Doris Atkinson, who is Fritz's wife. And Maria Tierney is the, the mum from Liar Liar, I think. Yeah, Liar Liar. And then Lily James as Pam Atkinson, who is actually Kevin Von Erick's brother. Or sorry. Oh, my God. It's too many brothers in this fucking movie. Lily James plays Pam Atkinson, who's Kevin Von Erick's wife. <laughs> um, it, it's an interesting casting in certain ways. When I first saw, you know, the 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 first images of the, of the movies, and didn't really look into the IMDb's right away if they were even listed, but I was kind of surprised that Zac Efron was actually playing Kevin, uh, Kevin Von Erich. You know, the Von Erichs are a real, you know, real wrestling family, and we all know what they look like. And it's always tough when when you're doing a movie about real people, because you know, you're very rarely are you going to be able to find an actor who has the chops to act, and and then also looks exactly like the the person that they're portraying one of the only times I've ever seen it done pretty flawlessly was Bohemian Rhapsody. The guy who played Brian May, that was, you know, who knows, maybe one, once in a lifetime casting where you barely had to do anything. Cause like, you know, yeah, there's been some good, I'm not saying that there's been no good representations of, of people in biographies, but you know, there's been prosthesis or heavy makeup or, you know, all types of shit involved. So again, it's rare, but, you know, Kevin was kind of a little bit more of a, uh, I don't want to say slender, because he was definitely built, but kind of a long and lanky guy, and Carrie Von Eric was a little bit more stout and kind of tanned, and just like, to me, fits Zac Efron's, like, you know, model, Zac Efron's look a little bit more, and Jeremy Allen White was is kind of like a smaller guy, so... You know, that threw me a little bit. It threw me in when I was watching oh, um The People versus OJ Simpson, which is one of those American crime story shows, and they had C- Cuba Gooding Jr. as as OJ himself. And OJ's a big dude. He plays a professional football player. I think he was six foot two at least. And Cuba Gooding Jr. is not that. And that kind of just threw me. Cause again, it's like of all the things, I know we can't get a perfect a perfect spinning image but like let's at least get the heights right here even if you got to stand on a fucking box like you know what i mean like it doesn't have to be a tall person but let's just like make some movie magic happen here so again i thought that that was really interesting but hope mccauley did does a great job as fritz uh stanley simmons did an excellent job as mike von eric now there is a there is a um uh should i say a fifth von eric brother Technically, there were six, but there was a fifth Von Eric Brother that's not mentioned at all in the movie. And they say that, and Sean Durkin mentions that. He just thought that it's too much tragedy for one movie. Now, if you don't know the story, that's a mega teaser there. And again, maybe this is the spoiler alert that I'll give for this episode. But as we go into the story here, which I'm going to tell... I'm going to go mostly into the story of the Von Erichs because that's kind of what I know a little bit more. There's a great documentary series called The Dark Side of the Ring and they have an excellent episode on the Von Erichs and um it's just a, a a tremendous story, tremendous story but tremendously sad. And again, a plot that is made for made for the big screen. Clearly, so it all starts with Fritz von Erich. Fritz von Erich wrestled in a time in America where wrestling was still definitely considered a sport. The characters were outlandish, but they weren't necessarily over the top. Um, again, they were kind of still considered as wrestler uh, as as normal athletes, but still most professional athletes back in you know i'm talking the 50s um are not were never really paid well they were just like slugging away that was like the last thing that they it was last resort for a lot of the guys but you know they weren't they weren't getting paid like professional athletes do today and i don't know what wrestlers have ever really gotten paid i don't know how well they've gotten paid over the years but um He was, Fritz was kind of struggling to kind of get by as a wrestler himself, trying to get the world champion and world title. And yes, you know, if you watch my previous podcast, or you know, anything about pro wrestling or if you don't, the outcomes are pre-planned. Yes. You can't necessarily say it's fake. You know, they are still flying through the air and smashing each other, but they're making it look like it hurts more than it really does. There's a little something called kayfabe, which is the the tacit agreement between pro wrestlers and the fans um, that that they're going to pretend that everything that they that they do and see is all genuine. So the whole idea is that you're 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 always upholding kayfabe. You're always doing it. You're always faking it. And it's like um, uh, be fake stay fake like there's something about kayfabe that's like this weird like old circus term and um again it's just kind of there to uphold this whole idea that although the match outcome might be predetermined we're going to still go along with the spills and chills and the storylines at least even though some of the storylines as you go on in the history of of wrestling continued to get extremely outlandish um but again that that whole whole idea of kayfabe was still permeated through the sport and people kind of really believe that and fritz von Erich was actually a heel or a bad guy in the wrestling industry you talk about heels which are bad guys and you talk about baby faces which are good guys and he and fritz was definitely a heel and he portrayed himself as Fritz von Erich, you know, kind of like a Nazi, basically, you know, the evil German, more or less, even though he's from Texas. Um, and people hated him, right? Like, that's just, but that's what, that's what he wanted. And he had, he started having children with his wife, um, with his wife, Doris, Doris Atkinson. They started having kids. Um, Jack Jr. was the first. Uh and he sadly drowned when Kevin was a young boy um but then they they ended up having five kids after after Jack um Kevin, David, Mike C- Carrie, and Chris. I don't think in that particular order I think Carrie is older than Mike, but... They had five boys and the boys would go rest, go watch the wrestling if they could. You know, they're traveling around in a in a in a you know living in hotels and stuff and and doing all the and, and and moving with the show. And the boys used to tell stories about, you know, watching their dad wrestle, and when the crowd was cheering, they knew their dad was losing. So they would all hide and they couldn't watch. But as soon as they they heard booze, they'd say, Oh, dad's winning again. Like, let's watch. So even they kind of like didn't necessarily know and as children they definitely didn't know about kayfabe and how how things were being upheld and Fritz von Erich perfected the his signature move the Iron Claw where he would kind of grab someone by the temples and, and squeeze who knows how hard exactly but the opponent would writhe in pain and pretend like they're dying kind of thing um again it's it's kind of sad where early on they started experiencing these these kind of tragedies with Jack Jr's loss and you know Kevin always says you know he's he's the second oldest brother even though you know he's the he was the oldest living for most of the time um again you know with Fritz not ever winning the the uh, the world championship belt The world title. He actually started his own or started promoting like his own wrestling promotion, running his own kind of like wrestling league, so to speak. And you know, had all the boys wrestling with them. And you know, the movie portrays Fritz as like kind of like always like playing favorites and picking who's the best and always pushing his sons. But again, you know, I think it's interesting in a lot of professional sports there are, there tends to be a lot of legacies or like nepotism potentially, but you know, that whole idea of, I don't think nepotism is is inherently bad, but again, you know, people and family members grow up around the stuff. They get exposed to that. They see you can do it and they probably have a genuine natural talent for a lot of these things, right? That does get passed down kind of genetically, so to speak. So, um, so all the boys got into wrestling and, even even to Mike and and Kevin was a big dude. David was probably the biggest. I think he was about six five, six six, big boy. Uh, and then Carrie was like for sure like the heartthrob, kind of like best looking, you know, in body body and face, and then just like was like more of the the superstar kind of talent. Even though David was was the man as well. And it's kind of funny the movie portrays this a little bit more, but it would have been interesting seeing some of your your younger brothers kind of pass you pass you by as as Kevin because Kevin he wasn't so super smooth on the mic and I think that that kind of hurt him a little bit. But as as the as the wrestling continued, uh, David um, David Von Erich had had won the the American World Title Belt or the Intercontinental Championship or something anyway. But he was set to go wrestle in Japan because it, you have to win in Japan, too, to get, like, the undisputed title or something like that. I don't know how all, the, how, how all that works exactly. But, um, and a few days before, David was kind of complaining about, like, oh, I kind of have a stomach ache. You know, he's in the movie. He was fuking up blood. But, you know, he's complaining. And his brothers tried to convince him not to go. And Kevin tried to say don't go. But... You know, he had a date to go to. He said he had a time and a commitment. And their dad taught them to to hold the commitment. So he went. And all of a sudden, they get a call in the middle of the night. And it's a guy from Japan saying, you know, David... We found David in his room, dead. They don't know exactly what happened. Uh, You have to, like, come get him, something like that. Anyway, pretty, pretty sad. He ended up having a diverticulitis, which is like... um intestinal rupture essentially and bled out and just it's a terrible way to die and Bruiser Brody who uh, is another famous wrestler at the time was there in Japan with him and found him in his room and you know a lot of people said oh did Bruiser go in there and hide the pills because you know you find someone dead in a room in Japan all of a sudden you think oh was it drugs was it whatever but you know who knows what what the boys were doing back in the day but that wasn't the case, and and David unfortunately passed away from uh, from that bleed. So, David, with David going down, he was you know he was the man. He was the the, the Texas Yellow Rose, and it made it it made it, it, made a situation for the Von Ericks because they had these boys here. And you had Carrie and you had Kevin left, and they were top-notch wrestlers. But Mike, he just didn't really have it. He was kind of a little bit skinnier, a little bit smaller. understood the <clears throat> understood the business, but you know he's out there wrestling big buff dudes, and they're making him look good, and they're doing the best they can to put him over. But you know it's it's hard to it's hard to convey that sometimes especially on camera and things like that. And unfortunately, um, I don't know if they were overseas when this happened, but but Mike actually dislocates his shoulder in a match, just like pulls when he thought he was going to push or push when he was going to pull, something like that. Dislocates his shoulder, has an operation on it, and gets an infection in the operation. And then develop and like is dead for like three minutes or something, gets like brain damage and stuff like that. Afterwards, like they still have him on camera talking like he's gonna come back and man. It's a sad sight to see. And, you know, you just kinda you you feel for the guy and you kinda hope, you know, you hope for the best, but he's definitely kind of brain injured and you know, he would go on attacking cars and uh, attacking parking meters and stuff and just doing wild shit because his brain was fucked up and he ended up committing suicide he ended up taking pills and killing himself because he just couldn't handle it anymore and knew he wasn't going to wrestle again and just just kind of couldn't, couldn't take it and like I mentioned before you know the guys just kept wrestling right like all this shit even when David, even when David died, Carrie had to wrestle for the belt, like the next night or something crazy. Like there's no rest for these guys. Now with Mike down, with David down, they brought Chris. Actually, they brought out Lance first, I think. Lance Von Eric, who wasn't actually a Von Eric; his last name was Vaughn, V a u g n g h n, but uh, but not Von Eric so it would have been kind of funny oh what's your last name lance von eric (laughs) who knows right but von eric lance von eric was kind of a gimmick and no one really bought it they kind of knew he wasn't a true von eric and it just didn't work out but chris again younger younger brother i think too young maybe under not as big as his older brothers same idea kind of as mike and just couldn't live up to it i don't think he like i think he either washed out or just like couldn't hack it and he fucking ended up ending his life too he shot himself as well it's a fucking sad story it's a sad story i don't say i didn't warn you um and while this is all happening carrie gets in a motorcycle accident while this is happening he's driving he survives a motorcycle accident but he mangles his foot to the point where it had to get like partially amputated. So now carries out there wrestling and he's getting pushed up, right? Like again, with unfortunately all these brothers passing passing on, Carrie is just getting this big push because he's you know he's one of the last remaining Von Erichs and he's got the char- charisma to keep going. But now he's out there wrestling with half a foot or partially amputated leg and jeremy allen white did a pretty good job in the movie of or portraying this don't get me wrong but you don't really see too much of him, so it's hard it's hard to say i don't know it was okay but again it was it was interesting seeing jeremy allen white you know portray like carrie struggling with getting back to wrestling capabilities with the with the leg and it must have hurt so much and oh my god but Carrie kept pushing and pushing, and he started mentioning things to 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 Kevin. Like, man, it took a lot of courage, you know, for Chris and 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 Mike to to take to end it, you know. And Kevin's going like, man, it doesn't take courage to kill yourself. It takes courage to live. Like, what are you talking about? Like, like you know what I mean? Like, don't don't kill yourself. Like, that's not sick. And um, and one day they're on the farm. Carrie goes out, um, he he tries to give his dad a new gun, I don't know, th- again this is in the movie, so who knows exactly if it's 100% true, but he tries to give his dad a new gun, his dad won't shoot it or something like that, I don't think that's like the straw that broke the camel's back or anything, but Carrie ends up taking that same gun, walking out to a tree, and shooting himself as well, Kevin went out there just right behind him, just missed him and saw it happen unfortunately well the aftermath and with all this loss you know Fritz and Doris are beside themselves you know the parents are beside themselves and um at one point again this isn't shown in the movie but Kevin talks about this in the documentary at one point Fritz pulls a, pulls a gun on Kevin, shoot, points it right at him, and says, you'd, you'd kill yourself, too, if you had the balls. And Kevin goes, like, nah, man, like, this isn't, like, I'm not going to kill myself, right? Like, I I think that's when that's when he says, you know, it takes courage to live, not courage to die, or whatever. He's left saying that multiple times, unfortunately, to multiple family members, and ends up having to leave so his dad doesn't fucking shoot him. But... There's like a curse that the Von Eriks think that they have too. And that definitely doesn't help anything. Anyway, one of Kevin's last matches in the, in, you know, professional wrestling in his prime, he wrestled against Ric Flair, which they portrayed in the movie. Really strange, in my opinion. I didn't like the the portrayal of Ric Flair. I thought that the actor that, that did, um, that played him got... The cadence right, but didn't look 100% great and didn't get all of his moves and wasn't as flamboyant as as I'd like. I know he played like a younger Ric Flair before he got like a little bit more out there wild limousine riding, you know, suit wearing, jewelry wearing. Um, But again, it wasn't it wasn't super great. But, you know one of the one of the closing lines of the movie you know is Kevin saying i used to have five brothers but now i'm not even a brother and it's so it's so sad right you know so much loss and the movie does a great great job telling the story i think i think you know it's again such a heartbreaking story especially if you don't even know the history let alone let alone just watching it just for what it is right like it's just a heartbreaking story to the point where they can't even tell the whole thing it is it is truly beautiful though there is the closing one of the closing scenes and again if you haven't seen it you know go go check it out but there's a scene where after carrie kills himself he's kind of floating down this boat and there's a cup there's a you know there's a couple coins there's a coin on the boat that he's floating down to kind of represent you know the the two coins you got to pay the ferryman to cross the river into the afterlife and he's like I'm going to see my brothers and uh, David's there and Mike's there and then little Jack is there too and it's really beautiful and surreal and it's interesting and it's a nice it's a nice use of the form of of film and you know the medium I should say you know, Kevin. To this day, is training his sons, or was training his sons, Marshall and Ross Von Eric. They are wrestling in the AEW currently, tag teaming, killing it. But what really left me with all this, you know, Zach Efron did an excellent job. But, You know, I, again, I applaud his his portrayal of Kevin, and he 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 acted really well. He looked a little bit mangled. I think the HGH and the steroids definitely did a number <clears throat> on his visage. But again, the whole thing kind of leaves me with thinking like after all the stuff, after all the things that happened to the Von Erich family, Kevin, you know, still had his sons go into it and, you know, still supports it in some ways. And it's all he knew, right? It's all he had. It's all he knew growing growing up and, you know. I think when when you think your family's cursed, I think it's really easy to kind of rail against that, right? And, you know, try to ignore it and try to not believe it because a curse is, you know, woo-woo, not real, whatever that means. But again, just the tragedy alone can just be so, you know, can weigh you down so much. And it's... uh, it's an inspiration and it's a testament to what what humans are capable of when they don't let again when they don't let those feelings overtake them when they don't let those feelings of guilt and remorse run their lives because you can't right and as much as we think grief and and guilt and loss will diminish over time, that's not necessarily true. You know, we think that, you know, grief is like a ball in a jar. And it's a big ball in that jar. And we think that slowly that ball of grief is going to slowly get smaller and smaller. We'll have more room in that jar to kind of add other things in life. But the truth is that 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 ball of grief is always going to be that size. It's about growing your jar and filling your cup around the ball. That counts. How to move on, how to go forward, right? That's what it's about. And I think Kevin Von Erich, wherever you are, i if you're ever hearing this, you're a good man. I'm glad you never did anything crazy. I'm glad those guys stopped you in the rifle shop so you didn't get sent to jail or whatever you were going to do there. Again. God bless you. Go Texas. Whatever you want to hear, I know you're out there in Hawaii or ever or whatever, but I'm with you. Check out the movie. Honestly, it's really interesting, but check out the documentary too. Uh, it's uh again, a dark dark side of the ring. I believe it's on Crave. Get it however you get it, but again, sorry, it's a bit of a bummer of a, of a story, right? But uh but man, oh man, the Von Eriks, worthy of, of, of big screen. In fact, the story is too big for big screen because poor Chris wasn't involved. Anyway, shout out to everyone. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. Check out our Patreon. Check out our Instagram, Twitter. Hit us up. YouTube's share podcast. Love y'all. Peace.